0: Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B I Z Z A R R O. And I, with me, my lovely, awesome, can't take my <laughs> eyes off of her, Deborah Micus, co host. How are you doing today, Deborah? I'm
1: well. Thank you for the very flattering intro, as usual.
0: And so, Deborah, I think today we should talk about leadership.
1: <laughs> oh, perfect. We've been talking about that.
0: So we've been talking a lot about leadership. But first, I want to talk a little bit about, I think, in my opinion, Deborah and I went on a walk yesterday in Georgia. We're in Milledgeville, Georgia, in our, our studio here in Milledgeville. And we've sort of decided that we're going to be spending a lot of time here since we're moving forward with a new facility here in Milledgeville and started construction. Yeah. But one of the things we saw is we went to this path. And weirdly, there was only one person on the path and they were walking in a direction and innately every single person that came to the path walked the same direction, which in my (laughs) theory means that people subconsciously just want to be led because they just followed the person, the only person that was going in a certain direction and there was no real direction to be had. What do you think?
1: Well, that is a theory. We could go back today and walk the other direction and see if we can affect the way people walk. We'll go the opposite way. Should we try it?
0: We could try it. (laughs) Okay. I mean, but what, I mean, so what do you think?
1: Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess uh, we just kind of jumped in the direction they were going. So we definitely followed suit with the person who was already there and, you know, more people did come onto the path and they all went the same way. I don't know. Maybe they don't want to like come across one another. I'm not sure why they do it. If it's monkey see monkey do, (laughs) I'm not sure why they do it.
0: Uh, I don't know. But do you think that human beings, we innately, if that's the right word, correct me if I'm wrong, want to be led
1: Um, I think people want to be led and I think, you know, a lot of times they don't necessarily even want to think they just kind of want to go with the flow. And if you're out for a walk, that's kind of the epitome of just going for a little bit of relaxation. And so maybe that's why. Yeah, (laughs) I I agree.
0: They're going out for relaxation, but I think my theory Uh is that no matter what, we don't even know we're doing it, but we just follow as human beings.
1: I think, yeah, it's sometimes the path of least resistance, sure. And that's being led in whatever way. I think people kind of go with the flow. They, A lot of people are really, it's easiest to just jump in line and, you know, it's like the whole Congo line <laughs> and well, people and jump gonna, on the back.
0: And I'm going to get really philosophical here. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Okay. What your opinion is, if... If, you, if there's a human being and they need help, let's say they're being attacked or mugged in an alleyway and you walk by and see it, if you're by yourself, do you think you're more likely to go after it? And if there's another person that goes after it, are you likely to follow that person? Or if that person doesn't go after it, you're likely to follow that person away.
1: Right. Well, I think they've done studies. They even have like television shows and stuff where they, you know, kind of put people into these situations to see what they do. Surprisingly, many people do not get involved if they see something. I think that's out of their comfort zone. Um, But I definitely think that if one person was already helping, it's much easier for someone else to... To jump in and join in, in helping. Um, after a history of my life, I know I am the type of person to jump in. I don't necessarily think things through all the way on that front. And I'm the person who would maybe run into a burning building. Cause I don't think like that. I don't know why it's just how I'm wired. So, um, but I don't think that's necessarily normal. I think the norm is that people, um do not get involved unless in but I do think that if there were other people helping I think that way higher percentage of people would get involved.
0: I would say I agree with that one hundred percent. I would say, just so the audience knows, Deborah is a very brave person and goes into things knowing that they're gonna be hard but braves through them and If you were a a soldier, I think you would be very good at war (laughs) and fighting. I think that you don't, you handle high stress situations and danger very well.
1: Right. I I think that, uh, there's a fine line between bravery and stupidity. (laughs) I don't know which one I have, but I I'll take the compliment of bravery. And, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know why I'm just wired that way. And so I've repeatedly done things that you know, had a, someone break into a house and I go after them, which, you know, that's not the common sense thing to do. And it's not like I'm some big ominous person. I'm quite small and petite, but I don't know. I just am all about.
0: No, I know I'm the same <laughs> way. I had someone break in the house and I right. went after him with a steak knife and a, the end of a belt thought I could whip them and stab them if I needed to not right. very smart, but you go into protection mode and You're not really thinking. You want to protect your family.
1: Right. Agreed. And so, but I feel like there was a television show and they uh, had people where they would put them into a situation, you know, whether it was just a waitress coming, you know, being yelled at by someone and does someone stick up for her or just, you know, an argument between a couple or, you know, they have different scenarios and to see if someone would help And it was surprising how many people watching it would just walk past the scenario, kind of being like, oh, it's not my business. And they would interview them afterwards. And a lot of them were just kind of like, oh, it's not my place. Or, you know, they had reasons as to why they didn't get involved. But then when the people who did get involved, they interviewed them, they were much more like, how could I not? They just felt like they couldn't be witness to something that was unfair or harmful or something and not participate, not help.
0: Well, and I think there's an interesting thing here, right? I think that, um, and we've traveled a lot around the world and I would say in certain places and certain cultures that people are more helpful and protective of you than other places. I will give you Russia as an example. When <laughs> we were traveling for the world cup right. innately, People were protective of us. Now there were people trying to take advantage of us, but when they saw us in a time of need, I felt like people helped us. Right. And I think we as Americans were so used to not helping or not wanting to get involved or not want drama or wanting this life that's stress-free that we often... Don't do our humanly duty on a daily basis, which is just help people. Right. And that could be as simple as opening a door, saying hello to someone and whatever, you know, or just being a friend of someone. And so I want to talk about the path a little bit more. We met a man, his name was James. He was a veteran, a Marine veteran. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about his story because I think military and leadership is so important. Neither one of us being in the military, Deborah or I, but I think it teaches a lot about leadership. And I think that people who, um, don't understand, uh, what it's like to be in the military. Um, I obviously don't, I haven't been in there, but I'm guessing that there's this huge, part of their life that people don't understand what they've been through and, you know, they're out there leading and doing what they think is right, but they come back to, to hardships and, and people coming after them in the wrong ways, um, not appreciating what they've done. You know, they didn't cause, they didn't make the decision to go to war. They're just the ones who decided they were going to go fight because they want to.
1: Right. I mean, I think we've also seen some of that you know, obviously in Vietnam, those military personnel came back and they were really, I mean, and that was kind of this gentleman, James story that he was sharing with us is, you know, people, how aggressive they were towards him. He even mentioned some lady hitting him with a umbrella and saying he was a baby killer. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine like one, everything he endured there two, coming back and having that disdain by your own citizens. Um, but I also know that we regularly, you know, when boarding planes and stuff, they have military board first, they give them, you know, that thing. A lot of times people applaud for them. So I kind of think that there's been times of that being way worse being Vietnam. And I think there's definitely a lot more appreciation that we show as citizens towards our military nowadays.
0: I agree with that. I think that, um, I think regardless of whether we agree with it or not, we understand these people are still sacrificing their lives. I would say it's getting better. I don't know. I mean, I'm not in the military or a retired military personnel, for lack Mm -hmm. of a better term. But I don't know. I guess we should probably interview someone (laughs) that's been in the leadership position in the military sometime and, and talk about it because I know that I just finished a book called the outlaw platoon because I'm very into this whole leadership thing right now, which we can talk about on the next episode because I don't want to get too far into that just yet. But they came back from the war in Afghanistan and they received a lot of hardship and a lot of pushback being in the military and going to fight war and, and all of that. And a lot of not understanding what they've been through and a lot of pushback here in the United States. And the thing is, is I think if you really break it down to the human spirit and we'll go to leadership, Deborah just did a breakdown dance. Just (laughs) if anyone could see her in the studio, um, she did her best Michael Jackson, I think. And, but it's, if we really break it down to the human thing, like there are people that, that go in and they want to lead, they want to go do the right thing. They want to serve their pe- their country. They want to serve people. They want to serve the individuals around them. And that's helping a random person that's helping your entire country. That's helping in any way possible for a business person. It would be helping to create jobs to better people's lives, right? People depend on you. Right. And so I think that if you innately want to do that in the right way, and we see that as human beings, that people are just wanting to lead, it's not a political choice. It's not that we're choosing one party or another by going to war or being a leader or starting a business for profit or not for profit. It's that innately we as human beings want to make a difference and try to make the world a a better place and lead in that. I think where the problem becomes is if we lead for the sake of self-glory versus leading for the sake of betterment of the people around us and the world around us. What do you think?
1: Well, I think that's even something we're seeing now. Um, I mean, I feel like the military systemically has something where because they're going into these critical scenarios on a regular basis, that leadership is vital, right? Like they have to have, um, when someone says something, people have to follow because they have to act as a unit. Otherwise, that chaos could literally mean death. But I think in our society, which is more, you know, obviously I live here in that realm. I think we're even seeing that in these younger generations coming up, the millennials and whatnot is people are really wanting to have purpose in their life. And they're, you know, they're not as concerned about the title or the pay or the, they're not as driven by material things. And, you know, that's kind of the trend we're seeing, but people really want to have an impact. They want to feel important. And uh so I think that's kind of a direction that we're seeing, and I think there's a lot that can be learned through our military. Um, and we're it, currently we are Justin and I are participating. Justin's actually organizing at a leadership program within our company. and some of the books that we're reading are based on military. It's very interesting. I encourage you know listeners if they are wanting to join into leadership type stuff one they could reach out to Justin but two there's lots of military-based books that there's a lot to be learned from what's actually already exists out there and so I don't know if I answered your question but
0: no in in a big way yes in a in another way no um it's (laughs) that it's and I don't mean no as the thing but I think what what your answer is spot on, I think, with when it comes to the military. But when it comes to the civilian side of it right. and what we do yep. as individuals, I think there's a different aspect. In the military, if you've been to war, I think there's a military leadership that goes on in non-war times. I think war creates a have-to and it separates, for lack of a better term, the boys from the men. There's people who get to war that can't lead. There's right. people that... That can. And I think in a civilian life, I'll call it the civilian life. It happens in business too. There are people that get into positions and get promoted and they can't handle the stress and right. they can't lead. There are great managers, right. but they can't lead. They suddenly panic. They don't want to be the one on the hook for the
1: decision. They don't want to go into battle. So, um, But I do think it takes all types, right? Like not everyone. I think everyone can learn to lead if they have a desire to do so. Um, I don't know that everyone has that desire and I believe that it takes all types. There are some people who want to fill in the blank and there are the other people who want to create the form that other people fill that blank in on, right? So there's kind of difference in personalities, in drive. And, uh, so I think we see and I don't know is that nature is that nurture I don't know.
0: Okay. Like, well, let me ask you a question based <laughs> on that. Okay. Do you want to lead?
1: Um, do I want to lead? I I definitely have drive and I I feel like I want to lead from a perspective of I'm more about uniting everyone. I like we talk about this a lot. I like clarity over agreement and I feel like if I can lead and help facilitate that clarity we can get to agreement most of the time and I feel like through that that in an in an inadvertent way is leadership it's kind of uniting the crew to go in a direction to you know, build that team, but it's through that commonality that I really, so to me, so mine's not so much stand up in front of people and like, rah, rah, you know, that's not my way. Um, but I, I'm a little more, you know, smaller groups, that type of thing. So do I want to lead? I think there's a part of me. Yes. Because, uh, I think I can help facilitate that. And I tried to do so. Uh, For the common good, you know, I feel like together we can do more we can accomplish more I know that some of the stuff we're undertaking right now. There's no way Just I can do that. I know it's going to take a whole team and if we can all be united In the direction we're going in the things we want to accomplish. We're unstoppable
0: I agree with you Mm -hmm. 100% and but I want you to explain to the audience one Okay, what is your definition of clarity in two? What do you mean by a leadership team and how does that work in your head?
1: Um, so clarity is, I think a lot of times when people communicate, my children had a teacher and he used to say the message, message sent is not necessarily the message received. So I think it's getting those messages to be the same. So that clarity can be on any level, um, I know currently in our f- in our own company, we are having conversation about the capability of a machine. There isn't clarity about what this machine can or can't do with the equipment we do or don't have. So bringing that clarity to it, once we're all on the same page, it's very easy to make a decision about what to do from there, but it's trying to bring that clarity there. So when I'm talking about clarity, it's kind of getting everyone to that same page because once you all are dealing with the same information, I just think... Finding solutions, finding growth, finding whatever. It's way easier to do that. Um, and even if someone doesn't have agreement in what that is, they at least know why. Because you're coming from the same perspective. You're coming from the same knowledge base. So that's what I mean by clarity. And what was the second part?
0: I'll give you the second part. Okay. But I want to comment on your first part. Okay. Because... I think Deborah and I and it's interesting because I it took this podcast to just realize when she says clarity to me what it really means so her message being sent for like The five years we've known each other now (laughs) is not the message that was being sent to me. I agree with clarity in the fact that I think that all the information needs to be put on the table. There needs to be decentralized leadership where as long as I can give everyone all the information that they have, they can make decisions from their respective positions and respective mindset with the best information possible. I agree with that. In the terms of clarity, 100%. I agreed with clarity before and making sure that everything's understood. That's how I meant, thought clarity was. But actually, what you're saying is that you need to put forward all the information so people have it in a non-biased way so they can make the best decisions they can from their position why because you don't know what they deal with in their position or the information they have from their point of view so all i can do as a leader is give them the position and i heard this great quote um the other day again in the outlaw platoon is that the greatest thing as a leader is when you're, you're 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 people or your followers give you the power and you turn it back over to them. Right. And that's exactly what you're saying in the clarity. And I think that's, that's so huge. And like a light bulb just went off my head. (laughs) You guys should see this thing. It's like fluorescent above my head right now. Oh, don't worry. It's an led cost saving light bulb. (laughs) So it's, um, but I think that's, it's you're spot on. I mean, 100%, I agree with that. And, you know, um, I have
1: to give credit. That's not, I actually, there's a, a gentleman that I listen to from time to time. I used to listen to his podcast. He's on AM his name's Dennis Prager. And that's really his thing. And when he said that to me, I was like, oh my God, it makes so much sense. And, you know, it's probably been over a decade that I really, it's one of the mottos that I just kind of feel like um, is so important. And I, I mean, I just feel like take any conflict you've ever had in your life. And if there was clarity, most of the time your conflict has to do with people not feeling heard or not feeling understood. But if there's clarity there, it kind of disarms everyone. And once everyone's disarmed, you know, whether you're in a personal relationship, a friendship, uh, you know, or a work relationship, it just makes, progress in the development of whatever the goals are, whether it's a closer friendship, a closer relationship, working together on a business venture, whatnot, you will have way more success if you can get to that common ground.
0: I agree. And so back to question number two. Okay. What do you think it is you said lead as a team. And so how do you get around you have a group of leaders, everyone wants to lead and they're all on the same team. Right. So basically there's the term, and I'm probably going to upset someone, but you have too many chiefs and not enough Indians sometimes. <laughs> so how do you organize that group? Because you yourself were in a position right now with right. a project here in Milledgeville, 140,000 square feet facility. Yep. Not only do we have to worry about the construction, but we also have to bring in clients and we also have to operate the thing. Correct. And And so in your mind how do you get everyone together and and lead if you had to organize them
1: um, i mean i guess my approach to that is i feel like you know if you're starting at a high level you have commonality or the what are the goals and objectives and as those goals and, obje- and objectives are defined that's going to mean different th- things to different people right so as we're let's say you know, in the demolition stage of this facility and about to go into construction stage. We're looking at this from a high level. Not only do we have to do the... The renovations to this facility, but we're also trying to figure out what equipment we're going to need in there. We're going to try and figure out what clients we're going to need in there. We're going to need to figure out what data systems we need in there to run the facility to do all this stuff. So, from a high level, if you have this is a facility and what are our goals, our goals are to produce food, these are the type of clients, we kind of do a high level thing. Then, as we're meeting with the people that we work with, to each one of them, they're going to have their own definition. Definition of what they, as a leader, need to do to execute their portion of it. So whether they're involved in the equipment, the technology, the clients, the whatnot, the day-to-day, the hiring, you know, there's a million components that go into this. So all of us meeting together with that same objective, as it goes down to the next level, it's going to, those leaders then have to do it. So when I talk about leading as a group and having all of these leaders together, that commonality, that agreement, that clarity of what the common vision is really makes it so all of them can have theirs. And from there, you know, you can take it into that next level. Then when they're leading, In their group, let's say they're dealing with clients, they then can be figuring out what all the people who are going to be under them need to do, what their objectives are. And it'll continue to go all the way down to, you know, the guy who's going to be maintaining the bagger machine that we buy and the knowledge he has to have and the parts he has to have on hand. You know, it ripples all the way down. So I think that's what I'm talking about is, I don't know if I've made that clear, but to have a group of leaders to have a group of leaders together to have that common vision. And it's going to keep having to take it down through the ranks so that we ultimately can achieve the ultimate objective. But everyone has to be on that same page at every level.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that part of it is creating a culture while you do that common terms, common will. I'll go back to the military. The military use things, abbreviations and, um, and words like, You know, FOB, Ford Operating Base. They all speak the same language. They do it for efficiency. And in that, because they train together, because they all go through the same thing together, they create this bond. And that's similar to what it's going on here is if you're all going through it together, it's an opportunity to bond everyone and sort of bridge differences between people and their leadership styles and the way they are as leaders, as well as grow, have everyone grow as leaders and managers. I think it's really an opportunity to do that. It's just, you know, there's got to be a person who's willing to step outside of the project, I think. Um, also and say, okay, we have an opportunity here. Let's turn these people into leaders. Let's, We've got to grow as a company. I need to train the people below them and make sure they train the people below them because as we grow, we can't push new leaders into new positions if they don't have the skills, and we can't promote current leaders into greater positions if there's going to be a vacancy behind them in leadership skills. And so, I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, I totally agree. I mean, and I think that this program that you're doing with everyone, it's uh, been a great tool so far. We're kind of new into it. We're just, what, almost two months in? And, um, but I feel like already just amongst the people who are doing it, we have kind of a new vocabulary that we can kind of use that puts us all onto the same page. It really kind of creates that clarity. And um, so I definitely think that Those are important features and, and not again, I don't think everyone's a natural born leader, but I think that if they have the desire to do so, they can learn to lead. And so I think it's kind of finding the people who have an interest in that and who really want to move into those positions or move up and everyone has their own style um, and giving them the tools to do so, because I know like in this venture we're in right now, we're going to need to hire lots of people and we're going to, you know, we like hiring from within, uh, just, you know, cause to show the dedication and stuff to reward people for that. So I definitely agree.
0: And I want to cut right there and, and stop the episode. Cause I want to continue this on the next episode, uh, next motivational Monday. Cause I want to dive further into leadership programs and, Gaining people to get leadership and things like that, and and the time it takes. But uh, Deborah, I want to thank you for being so honest.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And
0: um, just so everyone knows publicly, I want to thank Deborah. She's the most caring, kind woman I've ever met, and she's really great to me, and, and great to the people around her, and great to her daughters and her family and my family. And I really, I just thank love you. the shit out of you, Deborah Micus. So. <laughs> You're amazing. So thank you for always supporting me and my leadership goals. And, you know, I think it's important that we have support in our lives from the people around us in order to go achieve the things we want in our life. And you are that for me. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Mm -hmm.
1: You're welcome. And thank you.
0: And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Please share the podcast with your friends and family if you like what we're doing here. If not, don't share it. So thank you, everyone, (laughs) and have a great Monday.